What did you eat for breakfast? I ate eggs and bacon. Yeah, I was very hungry when I woke up. <laughs> Welcome to Music on Your Own Terms, the podcast that aims to help musicians develop an entrepreneurial mindset through interviews, as well as discussing resources, concepts, successes, and more. Providing a platform to talk about negative emotions such as anxiety and depression in order to help overcome them in the context of music and reduce the social stigma. This is episode 136. This episode is sponsored by Ignite Your Music Career. You may remember in episode 90, I chatted to Craig Dodge about sync licensing and how he makes a living through writing music for TV, video games, and film. Musicians all over the world subscribe to Ignite Your Music Career and earn more royalties, more upfront sync fees, and more recurring revenue from their music. Whether you're a composer, singer-songwriter, band, beatmaker, or instrumentalist, your music can be earning you more money. Internationally acclaimed composer, musician, and music educator Craig Dodge has licensed his music in more than 1,000 TV show episodes, films, video games, and ads all over the world, and he will show you how you can too. Ignite gives you the information you need in a simple, accessible format, and you learn at your own pace. For just $6 a month, you get a video lesson each week on topics related to music licensing, from writing techniques to how to find your markets, and everything in between. You also get tools and activities to build the skills you need to be successful, and each lesson includes a royalty-free sound pack to download and use in your own music. The key to success in the music business today is to diversify your sources of revenue. Ignite will show you how. For more information or to subscribe to Ignite, visit the website at taris-studios.com or click the link on musiconyourownterms.com. We head back to Greece this episode for a chat with an incredible session guitarist, Fotis Delanikolas, who, after being ridiculously busy touring with various bands and pop singers, has finally had time during COVID to record a solo instrumental album, which, by the way, seriously rips. Fotis talks about his musical upbringing, his career with two of Greece's most well-known singers, touring and recording with a band signed to Sony Music, and now working with my good friend Rhea to promote his first solo release, Alma. We also take another trip down the Guitar Gear rabbit hole, because I tend to do that. Fotis gives his tips on how someone might go about becoming a session musician. And finally, he talks about which guitar he might choose if he was offered an endorsement deal. If you enjoy the podcast and want to show your support, I'd be really grateful if you would consider signing up for the mailing list to stay in the loop with everything going on with the show. Just head over to musiconyourownterms.com and click the link. While you're there, you can also visit the store and grab some merch, or just buy me a coffee and help out with the running costs of the show. Thanks for listening. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. Today, I'm joined by Fotis Nicholas, a guitar player from Athens, Greece. How are you? And welcome. Hello, hello, Simon. Uh, I'm very good. Thank you for having me. Uh, yeah, that's it for very the welcome. beginning. <laughs> we we met because you, you're working with Ria, my good friend, yes. with your promotion. She has a an amazing way of finding really amazing musicians. 
yeah, if you if you wouldn't mind starting us off, just introducing you know what you do in the music industry. First of all, uh, I met Ria through Costa Sabanis. Mm-hmm. You met him too, and yes. we had another interview with him. Another fantastic guitar player. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and very good friend, uh, very nice guy. And uh, yes, so I started. So let me begin with the album. So. Um, yeah, uh, no, basically with what I do. So I'm a session guitarist, session guitar player. I'm a musician. The last, I mean, since I was 16 years old, I started playing with bands and, you know, more professionally. I started playing guitar when I was nine years old. Mm-hmm. At first, I wanted to be a drummer. Okay. But, uh, you know, guitar, I started guitar, but, you know, at the same time, a little bit drums, you know, I was I was practicing with friends. So... I learned a little bit mm-hmm. and I started playing with bands, different kind of genres, you know, like all the standard, you know, metal, hard rock, every guitar player when he's young, you know, he tries to play mm-hmm. uh, like Metallica, Iron Maiden, Pantera, a lot of, lot of music, uh, you know, bands and uh, guitarists, Steve Vai, Joseph Triani. And through the years, I started playing other genres too, like funk music, like, uh, you know, pop, good pop music I really like. Finally, the last the last five years, I think it was 2015, I started, I mean, all my life I was recording stuff, but since uh, 2015, I had the idea to, you know, start a, an album and just figure out what I want to do with my style and my mm-hmm. musicianship, you know, like do something. Sure. So um, I started uh, recording ideas and uh, because at the same time as w- I was working a lot as a session musicians, uh, musician, I didn't have too much time to uh, really concentrate and let my mind free mm. and uh, just record and compose whatever i feel you know uh, good with so um, with the first quarantine last year here in greece uh, started march i think mm-hmm. i had plenty of time you know right, very right. bad things happened but yeah. you know the the only good thing was that i had time to just do something with my music and don't freak out freak out so mm. i started recording and composing and you know starting again with the old ide- some old ideas uh, I had and starting to put them together to make songs. So um, For sure. I had from my album, which is called Alma, there are nine songs and three of them were old ideas. All the other, the rest of the songs were just ideas that came through the process. And so, you know, I felt like I was, uh, I had a good moment, you know, like, Mm. I felt really good with what I was composing. And I started March. When was the first quarantine? The first strike was like 2019, am I right? Or 20? Yep. Yeah, 19. Oh, yeah, 19 and yeah, it's... Yeah. No, 20. Tw- no, 20. 19 was in... It's 20. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So 20, <laughs> yeah. and It feels longer. It really feels it longer. It feels, yeah, yeah. <laughs> My God. Anyway, yeah, I started... I had two songs ready in one month, and then mm. I took my time. You know, I didn't want to rush things. And I finished the album uh, November 2020, and then I started the whole procedure with, basically, I did the production in my home, with my home studio. And 
guitars and basses and whatever. And I finished it. Uh, I had, I really had in mind what was the, uh, you know, what I was, uh, what I wanted to sound like. But I'm not a very good sound engineer <laughs> because I'm more into the session playing. I called my friend Dimitris Radis, who is a very good guitar player and a very good sound engineer and mixing. You know, he has a lot of stuff to do and he knows his job very well. So um, we started mixing the album and I'm really happy with this. We had a very good, you know, he's a very good friend. So we did this together in very good terms, you know, like it was very nice. And at the end, Apostolis Schiopis from Thessaloniki in Greece, he did the mastering. Mm-hmm. So that was the whole process of the of the album, basically. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's a fantastic sounding album. Thank you. I I started seeing your videos initially when Rhea sent me the email, you know, and I and I got the kind of uh, instrumental guitar stuff. But then when I dug into the album, you know, I I, I hear a lot of Steve Vai in your phrasing, maybe a bit of Guthrie Govan. Mm-hmm. And then there's this whole other like rhythmic influence from, you know, animals as leaders. Mm-hmm. And I, yes. and it, it, it basically sounds like kind of like animals as leaders with Steve Vai in front of them. Almost if, if, if people want a, a general mm-hmm. idea without listening to the album, but you know, I, I love the ideas and the, and the playing, but yeah, it's the production's excellent Thank as you. well. So, Thank you. Is it is any live drums or it's all programmed? Uh, the drums are all programmed with my mouse. And right. then my friend uh, Dimitris, Jim, Dimitris is Jim, you know, English, sorry about Dimitris. Uh, but yeah, Jim did the, um, yeah, he made it sound better right. and more real. So yeah, everything is with my mouse just, you know, mm. <laughs> clicking. Yeah. That was a lot of work to do, but I really liked it. Yeah, let's talk quickly about your writing process. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you have do you come up with any emotional ideas and have something in mind when you write, or is it you, you just have ideas that you kind of go through and then like where do the names come from and what's the concept of the album? Yes, generally when I start composing or writing some riffs with my guitar. I just feel like I really want to feel comfortable with it. Mm. So um, I have one basic idea. Generally, I because I like other kinds of music too, I would like to fit some characteristics from other genres and mm. put them together in a way. And that was my, uh, you know, I was really trying to do it without being cheesy or weird right usually i start recording good riffs i like and then i'm i'm putting the drums and i'm at the same time if i have one riff i'm just trying to mix it in my home studio as well as i can to have the just to imagine how it's going to be at the end you know because i really mm-hmm. get the sound i would like to have for sure is some ideas came from uh, emotional stress, uh, especially Raindrop, the fifth song mm-hmm. of the album, which was, it was just the first part of the song just came up three months after my grandmother died. So um, it was oh, sorry to hear that. pretty emotional. It was just one riff in 2016, and I 
started again 2020. Mm. But generally, when I start creating songs and uh, ideas, all the time I'm just thinking about visualization, like listening to the song and I'm just trying to imagine things like, uh, I don't know, space and whatever comes to my mind, or me playing with my band in a stadium or something like that. And I take a lot of energy mm. thinking about this. And at the end, yeah, uh, sometimes, you know, I overdo it and I can listen to the song like when it's complete, let's say 90% and I'm like, okay, fine. But I let some days to pass, you know, without listening to anything. And after one week, I listen to it and I'm like, hmm, okay, it's good, but I'm bored. So I have to change something. <laughs> and sometimes I, I, I take critical, you know, decisions. So like, okay, this part off, out, trash. I have to change it, you know. I'm I'm getting bored right. of it. So, yeah. And sometimes I'm getting really stuck, you know. Like I have some ideas and I'm just trying to compose and how this is going to connect with the other part or how it's going to resume. So sometimes I'm just not think, trying not to think as a guitar player or mm. and I'm trying as a keyboard player or I'm not playing keyboard, but you know I'm just putting a MIDI, MIDI track and I'm just trying new things with other sounds and stuff. And sometimes this works. Right. Absolutely. So let's go back. What got you into guitar in the first place? Why did you, or, you know, you, you said you were messing with drums as well. Like what, mm -hmm. what got you into playing music in the first place and why, why did you end up settling on guitar? Yeah. Since I was three years old, my family generally was listening to music lot of music and not greek music you know hard rock uh, rock and uh, iron butterfly my father was had vinyls and cds everywhere in the house mm -hmm. so since i was three years old i was with my headphones and i was just pretending i'm playing guitar or drums or hitting the, the sofa with sticks and whatever hmm. so um, I think that was a very important time in my life to realize that I really like this thing that I'm listening to. And um, I remember the first album I was listening that really stuck in my mind and I think it was a big, um, helped, me, helped me basically to understand many, I don't know how to say it, Sorry, uh, basically about the the rock and roll uh, way of thinking mm. was Mick Jagger's solo album. I think it was called Wandering Spirit. Okay. And to be honest, I wasn't listening to Rolling Stones, but this album of Mick Jagger, I really liked it. And I remember it had, you know, the rock and roll vibe and it was 90s. So the production was, you know boosted 80s production mm -hmm. but with all the 80s characteristics and it yep. was something really good and the 90s were you know very good take it so um, i had a lot of music to listen and uh, brian adams and eric clapton and my cousin was listening to judas priest and i had the painkiller judas priest mm -hmm. venue and i was a little kid i was just watching the artworks and i was just blown away mm. yeah and all this started i think because of my family and my cousin was playing guitar too so we had an electric guitar at home okay and uh, an amplifier so i started uh i believe i was yeah eight seven eight years old i started just taking the guitar and put it 
in the amp and just trying to sound like a guitarist. And then I started lessons nine years old. Yeah, and I was very lucky because my parents always were, you know, they they realized that I really, really like music and I want to do something with it. Mm. So they asked me and said, okay, start something you like and let's see how, how you're doing. And I really liked it. And I was very lucky to have these parents because they helped me a lot in my life. Everything I wanted to do with music, they were very supportive all the time. And yeah, I think this is a win situation if you love something and you want to For sure. continue with it. Yeah, um, so I, you said you started playing professionally from age 16. So that's basically what you've done you know, all your life is, is professionally play music. Yes, yes. Yeah, when I was a kid with friends in school camps and just trying to play all, you know, Red Against the Machine, Red Hot Chili Peppers, all the, all right. everything, everything we liked. Yeah, and suddenly with my first band, Friends from School, we started playing in some places here in Athens, some bars, and one thing led to another, and yeah, the, my whole life is music, and I'm just, this is my job and my life, basically. That's fantastic. So if you weren't able to do music, what would you be doing? Hmm. That's a tough question. <laughs> be, uh, yeah, I think I have the answer. I really liked tennis. <laughs> so I was playing okay. tennis and guitar the whole of my life. So I think I was good in tennis, but, you know, guitar just, I loved guitar too much to uh, live it. Mm -hmm. But I can imagine myself playing tennis because, you know, I was an athletic kid. So I really liked it. Okay. Yeah, this is the first thing that comes to my head. But now, if you if we talk about now, because I'm now I'm not going to be able to be a tennis player, I I think I could uh, do something again with music, just like a, I mean, like a audio engineer or producing or something like that. If I'm not playing guitar. Awesome. Yeah. So let's let's dig into your your session work a little bit you know we we had uh, a little bit of it, of issue scheduling this because you're so busy yeah were you on tour or playing with elena eleonora zuganelli you tell you talk about her yeah what so talk, talk about a little bit bit about her if you will and and you know what that gig entails let me start it from the beginning. I mean, sure. from the beginning. I mean, there I have played with two pop singers, well-known pop singers in Greece. Mm -hmm. The one is the first one I was playing. I'm, I'm still playing, but he's not playing right now. He's not doing gigs right now because of COVID. The first one is Sakis Ruvas, who is a pop singer, very popular pop singer in Greece. And I was playing as a session guitar since now since this last summer basically before the covid mm -hmm. uh, since 2015 so right now because he stopped uh, the gigs and because things get weird with covid and it's not so safe to have gigs and shows eleonora zuganelli which is a uh, in my opinion one of the best singers in greece female singers and i really like her work and her music yeah, asked me to go there. Once I was free, I was like, yeah, of course, you know, I really wanted to play music. Mm. One year was off, uh, we're not playing in stages. And I think in a musician's life, this is 60% of mm -hmm. 
of what we do, you know, and it's a right. very, it was a very big gap to fill. And uh, I really feel good with this. Yeah, we had a difficulty to arrange our interview because one month I was doing rehearsals the first month and then we started touring around and we are still touring. Uh, she can do some uh, shows because she arranges the gigs in theaters, which is small theaters, and sure. this is more safe to do. Mm -hmm. This is what I'm doing for the summer. I don't know what will happen next, to be honest, but I'm happy with it. And before 2015, I was with a band called, uh, in English, called Red Carpets. Okay. So. Um, I had a seven-year career with uh, Sony Music in Greece. Uh, we were we were a known band in Greece, pop band. Mm -hmm. So, um, and we stopped around 2014. And from this band, I learned a lot because uh, we traveled around Greece and Cyprus. We had many gigs. At the same time, really, I met many people. I had a lot of experience from live shows. And this helped me to have a step up when, unfortunately, we stopped with the band. But after that, I really wanted to do my music and continue working with singers I really like to work with because I realized that mm. when I'm working with someone, I don't like his music too much. You know, I, I cannot do it 100% like a right. killer guitar player. Like, okay, I'm going to play. I don't care. I'm just going to be pay, paid and I'm going to go. That's not something that you know it's bad but generally i just mm -hmm. feel like i really want to uh, take part with uh, projects that i really like just to have myself free to do other stuff too and be happy mm -hmm. this is the way i'm working that's not the you know that's not for everyone so yeah this is my way of thinking you know, with my job and and being a hobby at the same time. And, you know, I have to balance it all the time. For sure. Yeah, so let's do a bit of uh, nerd out with guitar gear. Yeah. Apologies for non-guitar players, but this is a guitar episode, so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely saw you. You, you have both versions of Petrucci's Music Man, mm -hmm. yes. first of all. What are you running for, for gear? I've, I, I, I think I saw a... Did you have a Line 6 pedal board on yes. one, one gig? Yes. Yes. Line 6, Kemper Stage. Mm -hmm. Basically, when when I started playing guitar, I was I always had a, a Line 6 pedal board. Mm -hmm. First, I had the red bean. You, you know, it was like a kidney. Yep. The red one. The original one. And then uh, with the extension. Yeah, the original. The first, first one was great. After that, I had pedals like Cathedral Reverb. I, I have one of those, yeah. I had some Bogner pedals for analog. Mm -hmm. Really good. But the nature of my job, you know, when I was going to play with musicians and uh, other musicians and bands and pop singers and whatever, it was, we had to cover many different styles. Mm -hmm. So it was very expensive to have a huge pedal board with different sounds and different everything so it was much easier to have a pedal board a digital pedal pedal board for sure and um i of course i prefer the analog but sometimes i just want to make my life easier mm -hmm. but nowadays it's digital became much more 
it's it's very true. I mean, if you know how to use it, I think you can you can uh, have very great, very good sounds. So I have uh, right now I have the Helix mm -hmm. and the Kemper Stage. That's it from digital. Mm. And I have three amplifiers. I, I assume those are the ones I saw in the video. One's a Black Star. Yeah. I forget what the other two are. Black Star, EVH 5150. Oh, that's right. The, the small one and mm -hmm. Angle Fireball. Nice. When you were recording your album, mm -hmm. were you getting tones from the amps or were you doing plugins or was it a mix? The album is all Kemper Stage. Oh, wow. All the sounds are from Kemper Stage, and the mix I did was with different guitars. Most of the songs are played with Music Man Majesty, mm -hmm. mixed with... Oh, sorry. Some of the songs are Music Man Majesty mixed with My Tele, Thin Line, Custom Shop. Yep. Some of them are Tele with PRS 513, mm -hmm. and... I used Parker Nightfly too in some songs. Okay. Basically, all the album is uh, there are four guitars: the Music Man seven string, the Majesty, the PRS five thirteen, the Tele Thin Line, and the Parker Nightfly. Okay. Awesome. Different combinations from each song uh, because I was trying to have a solo with my Tele, and at first I had the rhythms with Tele, so nothing was cutting through. Right. And then I changed the rhythms with PRS, and suddenly something changed and it was better so yeah i was just trying to have good sound with these guitars and uh yeah awesome so if you if you had if if a guitar company came to you with a with an offer for an endorsement what what would you choose hmm. yeah uh I, i'm not in position to i'm not sure to be honest, I really like Music Man. I really like PRS. Mm. I really like Fender, but I know Fender with this genre is not so. There are not many artists playing prog or gen having a Fender endorsement. Well, you say you say that, but I interviewed Angel Vivaldi, and he's he put out his Charvel. Ah, Charvel, yeah, of course, signature. Oh, I like Charvel. So yeah, so yeah, I think I think. Um, I'm gonna say Sarvel. I, I I cannot say one because I re I really like all these kind of guitars. Mm. I re really like Sarvel. I really like Music Man, PRS, and Fender. Yeah, yeah. It depends. It depends. It depends from the what you really need as a as a, an instrument uh, when you want to play. So, for sure. But if I'm not talking about a company, I'm just, I can tell you that I'd really like to have a custom guitar, like a Fender Stratocaster, but mm -hmm. boosted, like like Sarvel, basically, uh, which is a mm -hmm. super Strat kind of guitar. Yeah, I think I really like this kind of instrument and have all these different combinations with splits and boost like Musicman has and, you know, a mix of things from other guitars absolutely cool yeah so i mean let, let's just before we get into the uh the the non-quickfire round let's talk about rira a little bit you, you you mentioned you uh you met her through costas yes what was the impetus of you know getting a, a publicist like what what brought you to that decision what i thought was that I really don't know much about promotion. 
mm-hmm. I know the standard stuff, you know, like I, I can talk with people. I have, you know, I know some people who I can talk and uh, have good relations. Generally, I'm okay with people. I don't have enemies, I think. But I cannot do everything on my own and I don't want to do anything on my own. I really, I really need help from people I really trust and I think they're doing their job very good. So once I saw Ria with Costas and then I saw Costas posting stuff, posting interviews, and we were talking at the same time because we were very good friends. And he told me that, you know, how they arranged the whole project of the promotion. Mm-hmm. And I was okay with that. And I was like, okay, this is my first album. Let's start with something and see how it goes. I mean, nothing can go bad. <laughs> Because I started from point zero as a professional, uh, not professional, sorry, as a musician, because, you know, as a guitar player, musician, nobody knows me yet. Maybe in Greece they know me, but yeah, we're Mm. in Greece. So um, I really wanted this to expand and yeah, Andrea is helping very much. Yeah, and I hope that I can start having live shows, make a band. I have some people in mind and we have talked already. And I was thinking about maybe moving out, you know, maybe England or America or whatever. Just something to happen and play gigs and see what happens. Because what I do here is not for Greece, basically. Mm. It's not, uh, yeah, the target group is there. So I really want to do it. Absolutely. And see what happens. Well, you you never know. We could get get Rhea to arrange like a, a, a Greek G3 tour. And bring it over to the States. That would be fantastic. That would be great. That would be great. And I have to say that you will be blown away by by the guitarists and musicians we have here. I mean, because of the quarantine, the last one and a half year, many musicians composed their songs and uh, albums and bands Mm. and everything and in their home studio because they didn't want to freak out. So it's amazing how much music emerged from all this thing all this situation one year now we have great players great really great players i'm very proud of it yeah i i saw the jam video that you you participated with yeah that that was fantastic the jam which one there was a uh, the the guy that posted it i've forgotten his name but he does a lot of lessons and and Irene Kerakiti was on it. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. George yeah. Myers. He's in England. George Myers. Okay. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing guitar players, all of them, and very good friends. Oh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Blown, I remember blown away by that video for sure. Awesome. Great. So let's move move on to the non quick fire question round, where I ask the same questions that I ask uh, every every guest. Okay. What significant negative experience have you overcome, and what did it teach you? Negative experience have overcome. I believe that a negative experience is when you lose something you someone you really love, let's say because of death, you know. What I learned is that humans are made to move on, mm-hmm. I think. And you have always to think about something that really keeps you strong and not let your mind lose and just keep thinking and keep doing things so you can stay strong and overcome difficulties. I believe that the most important thing is to be 
really happy and uh, with what you do and have healthy mind probably mm-hmm. this is maybe these are the correct words and I'm, i have a difficulty of saying all this thing in english to be honest because i'm trying to find the words right no worries but i but i think you get the point mm-hmm. yeah because it, it, three months ago i lost very uh, i lost my ankle basically oh sorry to hear that uh, it, it was very very sudden and sad Mm-hmm. He was working a lot. He had uh, many issues. I mean, not, not issues, but he was working a lot, and he wasn't living the last time. You know, really, he wasn't happy. You could see that. So mm-hmm. sometimes I was telling him, like, okay, I understand that you have difficulties. Just chill out, difficulties. Just chill out and just try to live your life at the same time. Because man, mm-hmm. all everyone in the world is running. It's running all the time. To have money, pay the rent, mm-hmm. pay everything, and as year as years are passing, you just do stuff you don't really want to do, and at the end you die because of cancer, because of heart attacks, because of whatever. So I'm just trying to sometimes when I feel like I'm overdoing it, I'm just trying to say, okay, just stop, take a breath, and just brainstorm again and mm-hmm. just think about things that you really love doing and stay healthy good food good sleep and all the rest is coming i think uh, from if, if you think about this uh, in your life i think good things are coming yeah i don't know what else to say to be honest that's that's fantastic yeah thank you so much for sharing that thank you thank you What major positive experience has given you the push to follow this journey? There are sometimes I feel very good when I get feedback from what I do as a session guitar player, as a human being, as a personality or, uh, you know, we don't get feedback usually, you know, fast when we start doing something. You know, sometimes the feedback might come after two years, five years or seven years when you do. Mm-hmm. But I believe life shows you the way and if you if you really feel good with what you do after a while you're just coming to a point and you say to yourself okay i made this good decision that was a good decision i made three years ago Mm. so i believe this is the strength i get and of course when i hear you know very good words from people who i don't expect Not I don't expect it because they're bad, because I don't know them probably, and because mm-hmm. I didn't think that they're going to say something about me. And of course, when I really feel free to tell my opinion with always kind way and not keep things inside of me, this uh, makes me feel good and continue. And of course when i'm playing live and i really feel good with it and i take the the energy of the people who are watching the show and i take energy from a lot of many things in my life you know not only from music or uh, i think it's a whole thing of or many experiences that you get positive vibe and this is i think i think this is the point awesome I'm not sure if what I'm saying is make, making sense and no, if I'm jumping. It's, it's great. You know, but yeah, I'm just <laughs> letting my mind free and yeah. That's perfect. No, that's great. <laughs> all right, all right. I'm fine. 
if if someone wanted to get into like session work or you know making music their living mm-hmm. what what is one piece of advice you'd give a, a musician looking to get into that world first of all uh, find out what are you capable of doing that means what kind of music you want to play if you want to play all kinds of music and you feel good with that that's that's fine if you if you are happy then we are happy so first of all is uh, know your abilities not guitar abilities abilities of the mind and what you are you are really capable of doing then if you are about to do it you have to be 100% professional be ready be on time not on not just on time before mm-hmm. before the other guys go to the studio because this is the and this is something that makes you feel good with yourself not just for the other guys to say ah this guy is professional mm-hmm. first of all you have to feel good with yourself so at the same time have the balance of something that let's say a band you're a session guitarist in a band and this band says you can play this uh, in, in in a way that i'm asking you to do it so yeah of course you will try to do it but at the same time, when you're trying to do it, I think the most important thing is to give a little bit of your personality and not be and uh, not uh, trying to be a robot that is playing guitar like a MIDI. Mm-hmm. I don't think that in session playing is that you have to be a virtuoso guitarist like Steve Vai. You know, this is something that, of course, you have to be you know one level and up, but I don't think that this matters so much anymore. I mean, I think that the vibe and the the way that you play and your personality wins mm-hmm. first. Then, if you have all the other stuff, that's good. That's even better. But always feel good with yourself with what you do, and always, all the time, politely, or you know, always politely, set your boundaries and just know what you're doing so that if you is some sometimes things go uh crazy you you know your you know who you are basically and no mm-hmm. one can say tell you anything about this and of course be professional 100% even if you want to leave and go to another band or another you know never leave someone without a guitar player or whatever mm-hmm. kind of musician you are that's what i think about this industry Awesome. Thank you so much. Final question is, what does music mean to you? For me, music is a way of life, to be honest. I think to be a musician, music is, uh, I, I, I cannot imagine myself without music and without playing guitar or listening to music. And But I think is a way of living. For me, at least, is, uh, yeah. I'm always playing music. I'm always meeting people who play music. I'm always in the studios or going to jams and mm-hmm. other uh, going to see other bands playing. Uh, I'm just trying to be all the time to take information from things, you know, and uh, from people I really admire and just trying to keep all the time, you know, this fire, let's say. So... I think, yeah, it's my life, yeah. Fantastic. My whole life is music. Awesome. So if people want to get in touch and listen to your music, find out more about you, where can they go? 
Yes. Uh, so they go on YouTube. They can write Fotis Daily Nicolas. Uh, my album is on all music platforms. If you write Fotis Daily Nicolas Alma, you can find my album. So Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, you can find and Bandcamp. Sorry, mm-hmm. you can find me as Fotis Daily Nicolas. That's it. That's a fantastic. That's the name. So at the end of the interview, I like to play a track from the artist I'm I'm actually interviewing. So which track off the album would you like to play? Hmm. I would like to listen, to be honest, the, the seven track Judas. Okay. Which was a song I was listening yesterday again because I had a lot of time to listen to it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I would really like to listen to it, to be honest. <laughs> okay, sure. And is there a story behind it or... Anything you can tell about recording it? No, I just I just started with the first riff and I I, I had my speakers very loud and it was a puzzle. It was a puzzle of ideas and suddenly came together and I was really happy with it. Excellent. All right. This has been a fantastic interview. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me today. Thank you very much for having me. You're welcome. T- continued success and I hope we stay in touch. Yeah, yeah, of course. Of course, why not? Thank you very much. It was great. Great talk. Thank you so much for listening. I'd really appreciate it if you would leave a review on iTunes or your favorite podcast platform, as this really helps get the word out about the podcast, so other musicians can benefit from the awesome knowledge that my guests are sharing. The more the musicians' community collectively learns, the stronger we will become. A rising tide lifts all ships. This episode is sponsored by the Skinny Armadillo Printing Company in Fort Worth, Texas, offering a full range of apparel decoration and promotional items, such as screen printing, embroidery, laser engraving, and much more. The Skinny Armadillo is now offering a merch fulfillment service, including on-demand printing and a custom-built web store, so you can concentrate on your music and running your business as a musician. Visit theskinnyarmadillo.com or call 817-546-1430 to learn how the Skinny Armadillo can help you take your merch to the next level. Keep pushing the needle and be excellent to each other. This is Fotis Dilla Nicholas with Judas.